0: Hello, hello, and welcome to my podcast. Natasha here. We are reversing trauma with a lot of fun on this podcast by gently confronting your ego so you can find within this space a safe environment to question, to ponder, and to learn, and also to show up as your worst self and still deserve love. Hello, friends, and welcome to the first episode of my podcast. So as the first episode, this one is going to be packed with foundational information about what this podcast is about. It's going to be a little bit more about me and I might blabble a little bit. I have promised myself that I'm just going to speak and post. If not, it ain't never going to get done. So in advance, apologizing for my first episode, probably not going to be as good as the hundredth. And if you're here listening, I am forever grateful. My intention is for you to have this space where you can come and change your state, change your vibration, change your perspective. And to hopefully enter into a vibration, a space and a perspective that is more beneficial, that is more nurturing of your true authentic self, full of love and joy. So what I want to cover in this episode is who the hell am I? Why am I doing this podcast? Why would you even listen to it? And a little bit of my life story. So it always gets interesting for me to speak about my life story because it's quite interesting to say the least. So I'd like to start off with where am I right now? What am I doing? So I am in India and I've been living as a digital nomad for six years. I've been in India on and off, obviously, but for the last three years, pretty stable in the land of mysterious gods and of spices and cows. And y'all kind of know what India is, I guess. And basically I have spent these last years completely healing on such a deep level. So on a mental level, on a psychological level, on a physical level, and on a spiritual level. And right now my passion is really to turn this into something that is accessible for everyone. And why have I been healing so much? What have I been healing from? Well, let's go all the way back to the 90s when I was born. Once upon a time there was a woman that had been sexually abused her whole entire life that practiced prostitution and was addicted to drugs. And this woman popped out a baby and that baby's me. Hello! So um, from that moment on you can imagine what kind of childhood was, (laughs) was presented to me. So the cards I got dealt. We're we're pretty, were pretty rough, to be honest with you. Uh, my, obviously my mother was not really capable of taking care of me or my sister. By the time I was eight, I had lived quite a bit of instability, moving from one place to another, not ever really having a stable place to stay necessarily, not really knowing if there was gonna be food on the table the next day, being in an environment of, you know, a lot of drugs, a lot of this, I would say dark, right? And that's something that did kind of stop when I was eight as I was in foster care. So then I was in the system and I started actually seeing psychologists at this very young age of eight years old. And so from there on, it was like, okay, go to court, blah, 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 you know, try to go to school. I wasn't really stably in school before. And then finally, uh, my mom completely stopped showing up for any visits, for any court appearances, for anything. And I was officially an orphan for the very first time in my life. And so this was a challenge, obviously, as a 10 year old to, you know, be in foster care, to be officially orphaned. I've been technically abandoned by my mother and my father at this point was not really like my mom's with social services. He's a deadbeat. They didn't even really look into him. I didn't know much about him. i was just like, it eh, does not want anything to do with me. And so now what, because I'm from Canada, what social services did is they tried to prioritize family. And so they found an aunt of mine. Now it was very, very, very lucky for me to have an aunt that was a seemingly normal individual that um, had a job. She was a teacher and she was willing to take me into her home. Now, if you know anything about Canada's geography, I was at this point in Northern Alberta, very close to the border of BC. And my aunt was in Quebec. So they moved me over to Quebec, long story short, I went to go live with my aunt. And now this is where I'm really like, what the fuck social services? They (laughs) didn't, what are you doing? They didn't do much research and guess what? My aunt was, I mean, for lack of better terms, batshit crazy. So, I mean like, okay, let's just like put a parenthesis here. She was my mom's sister. If this is what my mom was like, why did they not look into it more to see that my aunt was like? I mean, obviously, like what is anyway? So um, she actually have has her own had her own set of is- issues, and while I was living with her, I cannot say that I was the best behaved child from all of that. I guess you can imagine that trauma from beforehand and all of that, and so she would use physical discipline to help me develop myself as a young preteen. Basically, I got my ass beaten for two years, called the police, it was a big drama shit, went back into foster care, and this is when I was orphaned for the second time in my life because she had legally adopted me. And I was once again at age 13, a child of the state. And of course, at this point, you can only imagine what kind of behavioral patterns I have. Oh my gosh, it was tantrums, hissy fits. I wasn't ever in school. I was always in detention. I was starting to take drugs. Now I was back in foster care. I'm hanging out with all these other kids in the system. We're doing drugs. We're having sex. We're drinking alcohol. We're skipping school. All of the good stuff. Right. And so Actually, what happened was that I did find one very good family. So I was going from foster home to foster home and I was threatened. And actually, I was about to go to the juvenile center when luckily this one foster family, that is a blessing. Thank you. If you are listening, you know who you are. And this uh, family took me in under the very strict Conditions that I would follow the rules and you know, I wouldn't create problems in the home. And I was basically like, you know, that image of a dog with like their tail in between their legs. And I was like, holy shit, like if I mess this up, I'm actually gonna go to like the center and I'm not gonna have any freedom. There, you have absolutely no freedom. And I was like, at least here, I go to school and I can see my friends. So I stayed i stayed put there and what actually happened was that this family changed my entire life they loved me they nurtured me they gave me a home it was the first time in my life that i was ever stable for five full years so from 13 to 18 i stayed in that foster home i regularly saw psychologists i saw educators i quit uh, all consumptions of drugs I really worked on myself. By the time I was 16, I was pretty much all clean. I'd gone through some drama with like cousin, you know what I mean, that really uh, woke me up To seeing that this life of like drugs and like basically the thug life, I was like, fuck this shit, this thug life is not for me. So by the time I was 18, I was graduating from high school. Luckily, through all of this, I have been blessed with um, a certain level of intelligence. So I did go to the international high school and I graduated from that and now I was an adult. Yay, look at me. I'm finally free and so with this past with my childhood the first 18 years of my life I was so naive to think that being 18 was going to Be somehow a new life for me It was gonna be something so different because now I was going to be responsible of myself So what happens normally is that people you know at age 16 they're allowed to start drinking, they're allowed to start going out, they kind of become like a semi-adult, they get their driver's license. 17, they kind of ease in to freedom, right? So 18 for them, it's not like they wake up at 18 and there's something really different. Now for me, as a child of foster care, of the government, 18 meant that I could finally get my hair cut without having to ask permission. 18 meant that I didn't need a babysitter anymore, because yes, I had a babysitter until I was 18. So 18 was everything. And I was so disappointed when I realized that being an adult sucked, literally sucked. Okay. Everything that I hated about being a teenager, I had to do it, but now I had to pay what the fuck. I cannot believe this so if you relate to this at all maybe you didn't go like maybe you didn't have this like crazy life in foster care but maybe you're relating to this just in your adult life and you're you're like yeah right I mean like (laughs) at least before like society was telling me what to do but then I didn't have to like work to pay for my food now society is telling me what to do and I have to work to pay for my food and I have to work to pay for this rent and I'm always broke and I'm working every day and I'm going to college why am I going to college? What, what am I doing? Like I'm, I'm going to be paid $20 an hour, maybe 25 an hour for like whatever work I'm going to be doing. And I have to work nine to five or at least like all the time. And it's just, I, uh, that is totally how I felt. So basically, um, I started hanging out with, uh, one girl that is still my best friend to this day. And we had a plan to travel. We're like, okay, let's travel. And for me, it was like, okay, yeah, I have the freedom. I can do anything. I can really do anything. And when it dawned on me, it took me about a year and a half When it dawned on me that I could really do anything, my life completely changed. So I was 19 when I took that decision. I dropped out of college and I spent six months completely just working. I was working in a smoke shop, hashtag 420, selling bongs and pipes, talking about weed all day. And it was just super cool because I would do 12 hour shifts, saving up a bunch of money. And then I went traveling six months later. So this was August, 20 i don't even i don't even know it was like eight years ago honestly (laughs) we're like 2023 okay 2015 (laughs) so august 2015 i left and i thought i was gonna leave for about two months i had five thousand dollars saved up and i was like oh i'm gonna go to europe and i can guarantee you that i knew absolutely nothing about the world I had no idea what a currency was. I didn't know what a visa was. I didn't know like what different countries were like completely oblivious naive 20 year old girl. And on top of that, I've got all this trauma, all these self-conscious issues. I've always been overweight my whole life. I don't really value myself. I'm like, you know, I I think that I'm literally kind of like less valuable than everyone else. I kind of see myself as a piece of shit, to be honest with you, but I've always liked to have fun. So let's go out and travel. So you can imagine what kind of transformation I went through by exposing myself to the world. So I went to Europe, I got completely um, just wrapped up in the backpacking life for a couple months and everything changed for me. I wasn't speaking French anymore like I was in Quebec um, with all of the people around me because that's where I was living. I was now speaking English and this is probably something I'm going to rant about but that made a big difference for me. because actually English is my native language. So I felt a little bit more confident and then all of a sudden, people started really thinking I was interesting. It was like I was this new person as I traveled and I wasn't feeling the same as I did when I was home and I was feeling free and I loved it and I spent all my money and then I got some credit cards and I maxed those out and then I really didn't want to go home because for the first time in my life, I experienced, oh, Magic. That's the word. I experienced magic. And through this, when I was in Egypt, about nine or ten months into my travels, of that, that, that first year of traveling that I did, I was on the edge of the Red Sea down in Sinai, Looking at the sea, looking at the mountains, this camel that was walking by and I had been doing snorkeling. I'd never been to the beach before. Guys, I'm Canadian. We don't have beaches, man. If you guys are from like Canada, US kind of not coast people, you'll understand. It's normal to not go to the beach. A lot of people in Asia are like, You've never been to the beach. And so I had been to the beach. I was snorkeling, everything, and I had a spiritual awakening. I call it my first spiritual awakening. I was super atheist. I was super angry at life. I was like, there's no such thing as God. No way. If there was a God, I would have never suffered this much. And at that moment, it was undeniable for me. As I was looking at the sea, I had, as I had just spent the last month or so exposed to corals and, and clownfish and, and and eel garden and the blue hole, if you know what the blue hole is, it's like the Mount Everest for divers. And that moment I was like, there has to be something there's definitely God, there is. It was just, and that moment, I had a huge shift within my body because my, my life had brought me to ask this question for so long and just, it was a consistent question in my life, why me? why did i deserve to not have parents why did i deserve to be beat up why was i rejected why was i always the the like the stupid like fat ugly rejected kid why why was i even in high school why was i the one that never had a boyfriend why am i the one that like i like like i'll just like All of a sudden I have these like huge outbursts of just like sadness. Why me? Why me? Why me? Why can't I just be a normal person? Why did I suffer? Why? 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 Why Why me? 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 And that moment it was, I got the answer. And the answer is because I am so freaking lucky. All of that pain, Brought me to do what no one else in my college was doing. I freaking got up and I left the super like sad, annoying, depressive life of like western society and i'm on a freaking beach i've just been to like 12 different countries i have so many beautiful people around me i am free i can do anything like now i understand life so much more because this is this is after about you know 10 months of traveling and that's when it really hit me because i'm so lucky if i wouldn't have been in that state of suffering if i wouldn't have spent those first 18 years of my life being a complete just like this, just ragdoll, just thrown around, then I would have never had that spark inside of me to be where I was in that day. And from that moment on, things really changed for me. So long story short, um, I went back to Canada for just a little bit. I thought I was going to get stable there. Uh, I got back there and I was like, oops, no, (laughs) I still hate the place. All right, let's leave. So made some money, obviously, working there um, throughout the summer. Left, uh, went back to Egypt, Uh, stayed with some friends there. I was uh, making money just from like random things, like random jobs. I was doing workaways. I wasn't really making money. I was really living a cheap, hippie life. Like I remember I was in Spain and spending 15 euros for me was like, oh my God, I can't believe I just spent 15 euros because I'm selling these pub crawls on the beach. And I did get a tax return. Thank you, Government of Canada for being so financially generous with my taxes because I hadn't declared that much money. So I got um, some tax returns. I was like this young student thing still register anyway. And I spent that money on my very first digital nomad course. So I bought a course that taught me how to do subtitles. Now I'm a super extroverted person that love to connect with people. I'm not an introvert, I'm not a detail oriented person, and because back in the day, 6 years ago, I didn't know anything about the benefit of knowing about myself and knowing about like how to create a career that works with my strengths. Didn't even know that was a concept. I was like, yeah, sure, let me do subtitling. That sounds like it's, it's easy. I just listen and type and I have money and I can continue traveling. And I had this dream. I was like, I really wanna be a digital nomad. Oh my God, if I could just make $1,000 online, my life would change so much. So I did that for a year, I was making like very less money. I was making maybe 200 to $500 a month because I sucked at subtitling. Um, I really sucked at it, I hated it, I really did it just to, like, just to somehow get paid. Um, and then I discovered that I could do other things online, so I started teaching English online. Okay, actually this is a really funny thing, so I'm gonna back up. I was sitting at my computer and I was hating the subtitling so much that I literally remember that I put my head down on my keyboard and I told myself, I promised myself, before I do one more subtitling project, I am literally going to suck someone's dick for money. This is how much I was hating it. And so I actually wish that I would have done that six months before. So I actually had to wait till I was like so done and so excruciatingly, painfully hating it for me to make that change. Now I could have made that change six months earlier, but anyway... Whatever, coulda, woulda, shoulda, right? So at that moment, I started doing online teaching and then things changed for me. It was a job that was really with my personality. I had to just be silly in front of the camera for a bunch of Chinese kids a couple hours a day and I was making like two grand US, 2000 US dollars a month and I was like, oh my God, and I did this in the Philippines and I loved it and like, wow, and then, you know, traveling more and in the end, that didn't work out very well like the the teaching job because I wasn't in Asia anymore. I had moved back to Canada for a visit. um, And then I went to Mexico and it was like four in the morning. I was like getting drunk with tequila, trying to teach kids, was not working, left that job. And then I found a job in sales. And so I managed a sales team um, in a call center remotely for two years. And then uh, one thing led to another. And I also actually hated that job. And so I found... Uh, high ticket closing which was sales now this is a really interesting story that I want to keep for I guess another episode of how um, how sales how high ticket closing appeared in my life and then I did um, but anyway coming back to this one the general story I yeah I've been doing high ticket sales for the last three years and it's allowed me to make income for myself like I never thought I mean, I've been on this like whole like raise your money, vibration, relationship, like I did a whole bunch of like different courses, na, na, na. And basically through all of this, this is kind of like my professional life where I actually got income, through all of this, um, I was trying to be an entrepreneur. So as I was uh, running, that co- running that team, like managing that team in the call center, I bought a course that was going to teach me how to do marketing online. And I thought that that was gonna be like my big break and actually I sucked at it. I never made any money from it. I spent $5,000 on that marketing course and I wanted to make that business work and I forced myself to try to make that business work. I forced myself to try to make that business work and I forced myself to try to make that business work and it never worked well because it wasn't for me and but through that something really magical happened and that was that I hired a coach so at that point I was twenty yeah I was 24 years old and I was having a really hard time sleeping and actually getting up in the morning I could sleep like 16 to 18 hours a day and I went online and I'm you know looking at all this like hustle performance entrepreneur stuff and they're like okay do your work in the morning that's when you're like the best I'm like okay and I would never wake up in the morning (laughs) I was like snooze until I actually had to wake up and so I went online and I looked for a sleep expert because I wanted to know what was going on with my sleep and I found this woman named Elena. She is amazing. Um, if ever you all have any questions about her, just hit me up. This is an she- edit. Don't hit me up. Just go see her website at thesleepexpert.com. That's Alina Winnell, thesleepexpert.com. She didn't ask me to do this, willingly doing this, sleepexpert.com. Hit me up. She's been my coach for the last four years and this woman changed my life. She introduced me to everything I'm passionate about today, um, Um, Other than like, obviously like sex, drugs and alcohol, because I mean, that's still a passion. But what I mean is everything that she's introduced me to about the nervous system, about healing, about trauma, about personality typing, you know, NLP, the Enneagram, all of this, she brought all of these super deep healing modalities into my life. And, uh, it was the best money I ever spent. And I'm so, so, so happy that at 24 years old, I decided, and I took enough sacrifices in my life to spend 3000 us dollars on a coach. Even if people told me I was crazy, they were like, what the fuck are you doing? And one thing I really want to highlight here is that I had done about 10 years prior of, you know, therapy from the government and all of that right so this really changed my life and then i came to india to do a yoga teacher training because i discovered yoga in one of the workaways i was when i was traveling and then when i came to india i discovered yoga and spirituality and meditation and this whole like tantra and vedic culture and energy and the gods and then that was like a level up so That's my life story. That's what I'm doing right now. And I am a coach. I don't know if I like this word, but whatever, I guess. I'm a coach. I coach people. I get one on one sessions to people and I help people go through this same kind of transformation. So, what is the actual transformation? Well, the way I like to see it is that I have reversed my trauma. I've literally reversed my trauma. I've literally mirrored. Is that even the right way to say it? I don't know. It's like, if it was at minus 10, now I'm at like plus 10. Everything that has ever happened to me, I still suffer from it. There's still pain, right? It's not like I'm like over everything. No, not at all. But now I have so many tools and so much knowledge to be able to handle it. And I know myself so much. And I have taken so much of what has happened through me, to me, by me, whatever, in the first 18 years of my life. And i've turned it into wisdom and skills and i've turned it into uh, abilities and resilience and i've turned it into t- to things that that make my life better that make other people's lives better so i have reversed my trauma i have literally reversed my trauma and i haven't done it alone obviously not and i'm going to continue doing it and i'm not going to continue doing it alone either And that's what I wanna help people with. I want to help people reverse their trauma. I want people to go from a fat, emotional 20 year old that doesn't know anything about the world to a fully flourished, energetic being that loves everything and is able to forgive and have compassion for itself and the universe and everyone. So this is like a big rant right now about me and what I do and this is the foundation of this podcast, this is what I wanna do. I wanna share perspectives and I do not know everything. Actually, one of the things that I like to believe is that I don't know anything. Does anything really exist? Oh my God, we're gonna get super deep and philosophical, ah! But I definitely wanna share with you what has changed my life, what has impacted me, and I wanna confront whatever you believe. I wanna confront your mind. One of the big principles in yoga and in NLP and in spirituality is that you are not your mind. And I want this podcast to be a place where your mind gets confronted. I want it to also be a safe place where you can come and you can listen to me uh, share points of views or rants or tools or techniques about life and healing. And that you can, you can, like like I said, change your state to change your vibration and to be able to basically have an experience of this moment of this present moment of joy, of love, of gratitude, and I want you to feel like being your super shitty, ugly self, because everyone has a super shitty, ugly self. I want you to feel like this this version of you, however you show up whenever you're always loved. And no matter what anyone ever told you, no matter what anyone ever did to you, it doesn't define you, and you are like an empowered, free, like energetic existence in this physical world of just plain freaking awesomeness. So please do join me for other episodes. Um, yeah, I don't even, that's that's just it. Please join me for other episodes. I love you.